All right, and yes, we can hear you. Um, tonight we are going to be discussing The Fault in Our Stars by John Green. And I thought I would start by just um, asking people what they thought of the novel. I know I was the last to get here, but I grabbed the mic first. I hope that's okay. I love this novel. I thought it was outstanding. I liked it from the very beginning when I read the, uh, uh, I guess it was the author's note or the, hang on a second, be quiet, the author's Ford or whatever it was, but uh, uh, I thought, man, I'm, I'm going to like this guy because he was really funny, I could tell, and I just, I just really liked the way he did the characters. I liked the love story between the, the youngsters. I, I liked the fact that they were probably a, a whole lot more intelligent than I'll ever hope to be, and the way you presented, you know, the their discussion, I, I just found it really, really uh, very well done, and just a great story. I liked the the side story with the, uh, uh, what do they call him, the, the, the ass clown, the guy that wrote the novel that she was, that they were so uh, enamored of, but I, I, I just, I really enjoyed it, even though it was, they dealt with the a difficult subject matter. I thought the way it was presented was very well done, and uh, uh, I, I just found I, I just couldn't put it down. It was just very, 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 very well done. I enjoyed the book too. I I wasn't sure what to expect, but um, I thought it was done in very good taste, and um, um, it, it was a good story. I had a really hard time getting into this book. For some reason, I just, I had a hard time. I felt like I was just slogging my way through. And I'm still not done with it. I only have a little bit of time left. But I, and I don't know. I, for some reason, I just had a really hard time getting through it. Well, Deborah recommended this book, so I'm very curious about, um, she recommended it, and, um, after reading it, I, I found it to be a, I found it to be a pretty good book, um, but I guess I'm just sort of curious about, um, Deborah's thoughts on the novel. Well, when I, I've been trying to figure out exactly how long ago the first time I read it was, I'm thinking it must have been close to two months ago, and... So it had been maybe a month um, when I recommended it to all of you. And my impression was just that I absolutely love, love, loved the book. And today I went back to it again because it has been a while and I wanted to review it. And I started reading again and I fell in love with it all over again. I, I, I in fact, like it even more the second time because I feel like I get it more. I know what's coming. So... What did I like about it? I liked the pace of the language and, uh, and, and the relationship, not only between Hazel and Augustus, but between all the people. And I think what I sort of underlying all of it is I like how clearly not the parents and the doctors and the other people so much, but these kids, how clearly they talk about life and about death, and they're not afraid to talk about it and how they, they make 
they make jokes about it and they're not morbid jokes they're just like they're the kind of jokes we make about being blind you know like it is what it is and I think that's what drew me to it and I think a lot of the um, situations oh I know one when when she's in the mall um, on her half birthday uh, with her girlfriend she's waiting for her girlfriend or whatever and she's reading the book and that little girl comes up to her and because she has the oxygen clip in her nose and immediately the mom wants to drag the kid away and oh my gosh I mean I have thought about that and written about that so many times but that's what people parents do children see somebody with a wheelchair or a guide dog or a funny looking arm and they want to say what's the story what's that you know they're not judging they're just interested and parents grab the kid no no come on come on don't do that and it was so I really I related to that too and I loved how Hazel was just so warmed by the opportunity to show it to the little kid and even gave up literally her air for a minute. So anyway, I, I, I digress. You asked what I liked about it. I just, I love the characters, the story, the relationships, and, and just how openly they talk about life and death and, and the importance of both. You know, I actually found this book to be... <clears throat> kind of funny i like that part about it. it it definitely you know had times that made you laugh and i i really like the the writing style i mean the writing style was really good um in some ways i thought wow i mean this these people are like way more intelligent than i was when <laughs> i was a teenager I'm probably more intelligent than most of the people I, i've you know i even associated with which is interesting because you know, Indiana, this book took place in Indiana, and Indiana's rated one of the lowest as far as education goes, and so I thought, well, wow, this this is kind of cool, you know, here are these people, and they're, like, super intelligent, and, um, you know, they're, they're uh, talking and writing, and um, I don't know, I thought that was kind of interesting, um, and I, I like what you said about, um, you know, the education thing, because I have that a lot, you know, even when I'm with my guide dog, and people, and well, why is there a dog in the store? Shh! The mom goes, don't say anything. I'm like, it's okay. <laughs> I mean, yes, there are the days that I have where I don't really feel like answering a lot of questions, but, I mean, I'd rather have them ask than not ask, you know. They just want to know what's going on. So, yeah, I like that part, too. Um, and I, I like the interview at the end of the book, too, um, with the author. I thought that was neat. So, yeah, I, I, for the most part, I, I really did like this novel. It was, it was pretty good. And I don't know Indianapolis well, so I wasn't able to think, oh, I know that place. But still, it, it was kind of cool that it was in the state in which I live. That was kind of neat. I thought the, 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 the woman that narrated it was outstanding, too. I, I think this was, this was the commercial version, I believe. And uh, I, I can't remember what her name is. Something Dodd, maybe? Kate Dodd? I, I don't know. But I thought she was she was just excellent, and like uh, uh, like Deborah said, I mean the the, the language and and the uh, just the, just the way they approached the whole the whole thing was just it was so well refreshing is not the right word, but 
I just really like the way they just they just dealt with it, and they just they just grabbed life and just said, well, we're just gonna just go on and live. And they were smart about it, and they were funny, and they and they and you know they, they laughed at themselves, and you know they poked fun at stuff, and it just and like I said, you know, they're a lot smarter than than I'm you know now or ever will be. But uh, that, that that was really nice. I mean, because it was it was very well it was very well presented. I thought. I don't live that far from Indianapolis, Jenny, but I don't know much about it either. It was kind of weird to read a book that was set in Indiana. You don't get that too often. But um, anyway, I liked all the little quirky phrases they had about cancer, you know, like mm, Augustus is a crummy driver, and he was given a driver's license anyway, and Hazel says, oh, it was probably cancer perks. And... um, and cancervenia or whatever. I don't know. So they have all these clever little words that have to do with can. They're funny. I, th- I think there's a lot of really funny stuff in the book. Um, yeah, I, yeah I, I like that scene where uh, this wasn't, wasn't a phrase, but I, I like that scene where they were talking about uh, getting their wish and stuff. And, and then Augustus, you know, looked at her and said, don't tell me you went to Disney World or whatever. I mean, because I mean that's like the, the 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 one thing everybody picks. It seems like, and I don't know. It just it, it just was. I guess I must have the same sense of humor as as John Green, I suppose, because it just uh, I saw the humor in the same the same stuff that he that he saw it in. Well, a bit of a spoiler alert. I mean, I did cry when the when the when the guy died. Um, when Augustus died, it was sad. Um, but Still, what I liked about this book is that it was um, presented from a unique perspective. I mean, usually, you know, you hear about somebody who has cancer, and it's so sad. And, you know, you always hear about it from, you know, a different point of view. Like, you hear about it in the third person, either from a family member's point of view or, or something like that. What I really liked about this book is it was told from the people's point of view that had it. And they were living with it. I mean, their lives weren't over yet. And... I like that. I really did. I thought that was so cool um, because it's something that you don't ordinarily see. You know, I don't think that I've ever really read a book, um, at least not that I can think of, that really portrayed it in this way. So I, I, I thought that was a really neat, a neat way of, um, a neat way of proceeding with it. Hey everyone, this is Joshua. I did not read the book. I had some other stuff going on this week, but. Um uh, I, uh, uh, the author for, or the narrator for your information Alan, is uh, Kate Rudd is her name the lady that uh, lady that read the book and uh, um, I read a book I forget the title get the author the title of it or the author but it was um, it was a book about a boy that had cancer and he actually refused to have anyone his parent hello anybody hear me I couldn't get the key is anybody else here see everybody on the list but i'm not hearing anything the last i heard was you talking josh yeah what happened uh josh was talking he cut out in the middle and then his hand changed with an x through it i don't i don't know what happened uh, somehow this uh uh tc connect or whatever this this add-in thing that we're using is called i think it burps sometimes and uh i, I don't know if if it takes a moderator to reset stuff or what happens, but apparently I guess it got cleared. Uh, 
It looks like Joshua's not in the room anymore. I don't see his name on the list anymore. It's still the it's still me, me, Deborah, and Barb, and then uh, uh, Jenny and uh, Randy and the moderators. And uh, when he left, that that apparently cleared the problem. Yeah, I wasn't able I wasn't able to talk or anything. I I couldn't press the button or anything. I guess I should have tried the. I guess maybe I should try another option, but I just got back in and got out a couple times, and now here we are again. Yeah, you know, I got back in. I was finished talking, and I go, okay, what's going on here? I got out, and I couldn't. I'm like, I came back in, and I'm like, wait a second. I can't hear anybody. What's going on? Oh, Josh, you jinxed us. <laughs> just kidding. Anyway, now that we're all back. Well, Josh was trying to tell us about he hadn't read the book, but I don't know where where, where that was going, but we got out. We got cut off anyway, so I don't know if he wants to continue that thought or what. Okay, well, I guess not. Um, were there any characters that anybody could identify with? I mean, was there any one particular character you could identify with? I, I think I identified with um, with Hazel quite a bit, which is pretty remarkable since you have a male author who created a female character and a 16 year old at that but um, I think you know the way that she thought and you know all her internal little reactions to everything it just really made sense to me and, and some of them sometimes her reactions to people as she was thinking things were, were very much like my own and probably like ones we all have and also I think I kind of related the whole breathing thing, because I, I have a daughter who um, has had some chronic lung stuff and difficult, so I I related to, I mean, she doesn't have cancer, thank goodness, but um, has had chronic lung stuff, and so I related to the, you know, the difficulty breathing, the difficulty with stairs, and the, you know, the being angry with other people who take their lungs for granted and all that kind of stuff, so anyway, so she was my fave. Yeah, I liked both uh, Hazel and Augustus a, a, a lot. I mean, I, I really liked the way he, he, he portrayed them and uh, their personalities and stuff. I just thought were just were just great. Uh, I, I, also, I think the guy's name was Alex, the one that was that was so hung up on the girl, the guy that ended up losing his eyesight. Uh, I, I liked him too. Uh, uh, and I liked the interaction between between he and Augustus when they were playing those video games and stuff, and just uh, uh, I just I really, I just really liked the way they 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 approached life, and I liked it when they went and egged when they they took him to egg that girl's car after she uh, kind of cut him loose after he lost his eyesight. Uh, but uh, uh, and you know the 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 author was was a real jerk, you know, and stuff. But 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 I liked I mean I liked the way. Uh, uh, Green portrayed him, and, and the way he, he you know, put him into the story, I thought it made it. It, it gave a good, uh, a, a, a kind of a good conflict and stuff. Because I mean, this this was that book that they were so crazy about, and they saw that he was really kind of, he was kind of really just a turd. And it's just I, I, I liked the the way that was that was put in there. I thought it was interesting. Yeah, you know, I I really liked all the characters too. I thought he did a good job of portraying them. I mean. I thought that the uh, Hazel was, you know, very believable. And, yeah, since he is a male, too, that was cool that he was able to portray a female so accurately. And, 
you know, Augustus, I liked him, I liked Alex, I liked their parents. Um, yeah, the author, that Peter guy, I didn't care for him. Um, but one thing it, it, it showed was that, you know, you can idolize an author in their work, but it doesn't necessarily mean the person's going to live up to your expectations, and that was certainly true. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm sitting here trying to think of any particular one that I, I especially liked, and, you know, I, I thought that they all were pretty well developed, and I guess maybe, you know, I, I can't say that, oh, this person was my hero or whatever, but, you know, I I definitely... You know, I definitely could relate to him in certain ways, and the and the cancer perks thing was interesting. Um, you know how they talked about that and that sort of thing, and the whole thing about the wish that was funny. I was just thinking about that too. Um, so yeah, I he he definitely did a good job of you know portraying believable characters, and he even wrote about how um, you know I guess he reads one version of it, but you know he wanted he wanted Kate Rudd to read it because you know he said that um. <clears throat> you know, a, a male reading a female, a female main character didn't quite work out, <laughs> but I thought he did a really good job of, of writing her, definitely. I was surprised when Peter showed up at the funeral. I didn't expect that at all. That was, that was kind of a different turn, too. And another thing I didn't suspect either though i i kind of thought maybe was the um that his kid his kid anna was the one in the book that had died of cancer i kind of thought maybe um but still that that was that was a neat turn of events too yeah i i, I like the way they did that i mean it, it gave you uh, uh it, it kind of tied it all together in terms of where he was coming from but yeah but it, but it showed he he never really got he never really got past it and even though you know he was going to try to stop drinking or said something about it you never really got the impression he he really meant it and uh the other thing i really liked i mean youth is always able to cut through all the the bs stuff in life and he just did a really good i, I don't know how old this i got the feeling john green's is probably younger but uh, uh i don't know how far far removed he is from youth but he did a really good job of portraying how they how they cut through everything and and they see i mean what the cancer perks and everything i mean it, it doesn't take them long to figure out when people are, are you know the, the games in life and stuff like that and what all's what all's what's what and uh he did a very i thought he did a really good job portraying that and that was that was nothing i liked about the i liked about the book I think he says in that interview that's at the end, I can't remember, but I remember thinking about it, about his age. He's like between 30 and 35. He's, he's you know, not all that far from the age of the kids. I think he's 30, actually. But um, uh, I think, you know, he makes some reference in that interview, too, to having um, worked in some sort of, youth ministry or something with uh, cancer kids and so that's probably where he got a lot of his insight I want to hear what other people think about the parents because they were really interesting characters Um, Hazel's parents but then Augustus's parents were kind of interesting too but anyway Hazel's parents I mean they were like really connected but really emotional 
especially the dad about her and everything. I don't know. And and I, I, I thought, I, I remember thinking too, I wonder if there really are kids, because you know when you're a teenager, you're so self-absorbed. I wonder if there really are kids who would worry like she does about her parents being okay when when she dies. And Anyway, I just want to hear what other people thought about them. And... I thought that was interesting, too. And I, I think kids, especially kids that are sick with cancer and other um, fatal diseases, do tend to worry more about their parents and other relatives than kids who don't have any kind of health conditions like that. I think that that really changes their perspective. I don't know that other kids who don't have that would have the same reaction. Wouldn't it seem like um, someone that would have, if they have something like fatal, like cancer, that, you know, their parents might be like, they'd, be, they'd probably be more protective of the children, probably might, you know, Versus, you know, someone was healthy. It's a little bit, it's a little bit more. At least that's what I think, in, in some instances. Well, you know, the the, the parents were, were were very very well drawn too. I mean, uh, uh, the, they were just. I mean, I like. I, I thought it was interesting the way they. The, uh, I guess it was Augustus' parents that had all those, all those little. Uh, 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 I guess they were kind of religious sayings that they had around. The, I guess they were they were trying to be uplifting kind of stuff, and I thought that I thought that was really. I mean, I I found that very believable. Uh, you know, I could I could see that happening, especially down down south where I am. And uh, uh, I mean, Hazel's parents were. I mean, they were given you know, they were almost giving her too much stuff, too much attention and stuff. And I, and I know it'd be hard not to in that kind of situation. Uh, but uh, uh, I, 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 I like the I like the way that that he chose to present them because they I can't really see a kid faced with something like that having any any more supportive parents. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's it. Well, I noticed Carla came in. Carla, did you have a chance to read the book? Is anybody here? Yeah, it cut me out again. I hate it when it does that. I think Carla's maybe the problem because I see her hand going up, and it still says Mick available at the top when her hand's up. So that doesn't seem right. Like she's trying to get the mic and nobody else has the mic. It should be giving it to her, but uh, we'll see. Must be having a mic issue because if a hand thing goes up, then she should be then she should be talking then. Exactly. Well, um, I am sort of new to this stuff, but I remember that people can type something in the text box with F8, so maybe if Carla does that, can somebody read it? <laughs> well, Carla just left. Might be getting back in, uh, so we'll, we'll see. All right, well, I guess we'll just continue on. Um, now that I forgot what it was that... <laughs> That we were talking about. Um, the the last thing we were talking about were, were the parents. So uh, yeah, I guess we were ready for for something else. Maybe. Yes, the parents. Thank you. Um, 
You know, I I was thinking about the sayings, and I was actually surprised because I thought for sure that Hazel was going to be the first one to go. Um, but I mean, he thought he was getting better. It that's what was so sad. Um, but yeah, the what I I really liked Hazel's parents. Um, you know, they were kind of the progressive parents, you know, they met in the Peace Corps, and that, that was interesting, you know, and, um, she was a vegetarian, and, um, I don't know, that, that was, that was a really neat part of it, I, they, all the parents were pretty believable, in my opinion. Okay, I'm back, can you guys hear me? I got kicked out, and the computer made a noise I never heard before. Yes, we can hear you, and yes, you were having technical problems, because you're it was showing your hand was up, but nothing was happening. So it sounds like you worked through the issue. So grab it and go. Well, as I started to say, um, I read the book, and this is probably this was a very difficult book for me to read. I was afraid of it whenever you said it had to deal with cancer before, because right now there's just so much cancer in my life. Um, I just lost over the summer months three friends to cancer, and um, my best friend, when um, I was in a senior in college, we were both senior in college, passed away of cancer, and a fellow I was dating around the same time had leukemia which is essentially cancer and the reason I'm late tonight is because um, a a friend of mine telephoned me just a few minutes before nine and she was telling me that a mutual friend of ours has cancer so um, I was talking to her and all upset so that's why I'm late but that said um, it was a difficult book to read but I did to stay the course and I read the book and um, it wasn't my favorite book but I do think the characters were very well very well developed and um, I will never forget that the, uh, the life that uh, I'll never forget life isn't a wish granting factory I think that's the theme of the book and I'll never forget that um, and um, there were times though I wanted to yell at the characters um, I wanted to yell at Peter Van Houten of course when he mistreated um, the children that way you know Gus and uh, Hazel when they made the trip all the way to visit him and he was just so um, unsensitive and so so horrible to them but then I I wanted to yell at Hazel and she wouldn't at least you know he was trying to apologize and I'm glad that at least we found out why um, one of the reasons he was acting this way is because he had a daughter that had cancer but it's funny I, I would like to have yelled at him and said to him you know um, why don't you just tell her that um, you could have been nicer about how you told her but Sometimes, and, and I know this myself when I write a story and somebody will say after it's done, uh, well, how did it end? I just like to say, well, how do you want it to end? Um, I think it's a beautiful story that doesn't have a firm ending because you can end it yourself the way you want it to, and all of a sudden you've got a, a wish granted from a wish factory. And um, I think I've shared with you before how I felt about The Sopranos and how it just ended with don't stop believing, and then all of a sudden, 
everything goes blank and silent. You don't know if he got shot. You don't know what's going on. But if you want to believe he's going on, he's going on. If, if you want to believe he's dead, he's dead. And that's sort of how I felt even about the end of this book, which was sort of abrupt. And I did find it very ironic that the book itself did not have a firm ending. And that was part of the thing of the whole book, that she wanted a firm ending. And all of a sudden, the book didn't have a firm ending. But those are some of my thoughts. Yeah, I know. I thought about that, too, when I read the ending. I'm like, oh, (laughs) this is kind of like the book that she was reading. I do think they did a very good job, though, as far as the parents were concerned. They were human parents, um, both sets of parents, and they had their own idiosyncrasies. And um, it, um, as far as teenagers being um, thinking, uh, being deep thinking, I, I work with enough teenagers to know that they're not all self-absorbed. There are some um, some teenagers and not even necessarily those that might have cancer that that do think about their parents and that do think about others and um, empathize and they were all very humanly presented I guess I was just having a hard time with this book emotionally because of all the cancer that's around me right now and around us as a world and and I really hope that our next book I know we've thought about a couple of other cancers book i hope we get away from from cancer for a little while yeah i was thinking about you i'm like oh there are some sad parts of this book i bet carla's like oh man i thought about you well does anybody else have anything they want to say about this book anything else um it was a short book and so um if anybody else has anything they want to say about it that would be great otherwise we can kind of go on to picking out our next book. This is Joshua. Yeah, well, Jenny, if, uh, since I didn't read this book, I can't comment on the book itself, but if anyone likes, uh, what is it, uh, if anyone likes uh, John Green, Bookshare has, a, it's, I think the book was hilarious. I read it on audio several years ago, and I, it was, uh, it's really funny. It's called uh, An Abundance of Catherines, and uh, it's on Bookshare. So if anyone wants a, a very funny book, it's totally different than uh, there's nothing to do with cancer or anything like that. It's not sad at all. It's like I said, it's very funny. Um, if anyone liked uh, uh, John Green, his uh, style of writing, and you want to read another book by him, check out *An Abundance of Catherines* on Bookshare. I hope it gets put on Bard sometime soon because it's a it's a good book and it would be definitely be a good uh, addition to the collection. I just want to thank Deborah for recommending the book because I I really loved it. So. I just wanted to make one more remark, and that is about the the narrator, Kate. I can't remember her name. I think she did a superb job. Um, it was even to the point when they were standing in the, you know, the door. I don't know if it was at, um, when they were at Van Houten's door. She actually muffled her voice. I don't know if you got it when they were talking behind the door, so that there was a slight muffling. I mean, that's that's how much detail this lady put into it, and uh, the way she did the accents and and things like that. I thought it was just superb and. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it, uh, hearing the author in his own voice and hearing that interview really added a lot to the book, too. And um, I think that I would like to hear, uh, he said that his book that he narrated um, was not going to be an audio book that, that you would buy. He just did it because some of the, you know, the kids wanted him to do it. But it would be interesting to hear the book read in his own voice. 
and I can see what he was saying about it being a challenge having to read a main character being a 16-year-old a, a girl, and I think he said he was 33 in that interview, or at the time he did the interview, anyhow. I'm going to have to listen to the um, interview at the end. I'm almost there. I'm almost there. I, I got to the part where um, he dies, but so I'm really close, I know, to the end. And I'm going to have to listen to the interview now. Well, I mean, listening to the interview, this just seems like the kind of book he would write. I mean, the character seems like the kind that he would develop. I mean, it seems like he really fit the book, you know, just by listening to his interview. And I thought that was pretty cool, too. I like when they do that, when they have author interviews, because I think it does add perspective. So, yeah, I'll be listening to it. Uh, recorded Books has done that type of thing before a few times. Uh, a lot of times they call it um, the author talks because uh, I've read, oh, what did I read? Um, I read uh, We Need to Talk About Kevin, where uh, Lionel Shriver was on there. I've read Beach Music by Pat Conroy, and Pat Conroy was at the end of the book. I've read, um, I've, I've read, I've read um, some uh, uh, Diane Duane the Young Wizard series. She was in an interview at the end of the book. I've read a uh, Jody Picot, a Jody Picot book where um, she was she was at the end of the book with George Waddell as the uh, interviewer. It, it was really it's always very interesting. Oh yeah, Dorothy Gilman, the uh, Mrs. Polifax series. Uh, one of the recorded books had an interview with Dorothy Gilman at the end. So those interviews always are fun because it really kind of brings the it kind of brings another dimension to the book. You know, you get to hear what the author sounds like, kind of get some of their ideas where they, a little bit, you know, it's it's kind of like a mini books and beyond, I think of it as kind of, they do a really, they do a really good job, too. I mean, some of them are really in-depth, too. I mean, uh, the one I think for, we need to talk about Kevin was something like 45 minutes long to an hour, so it wasn't any short little interview that time, so it's, it is always fun when you get to do that, and I have to agree. Uh, Josh, I want to see if you can remember which Jody P. Coe book that was because most of the books that you're mentioning I've heard those interviews too and I'm a real Jody P. Coe fan and I've, I've not heard um, an audio book with an interview with her at the end but at any rate um, I had first read this book from Audible and so when it was on Bard I thought that maybe NLS would strip the author note in the interview, and I was so happy that they didn't. And I hope that's kind of a um, sign of things to come, because I think in the past, when they first started taking these commercial books, they were kind of cutting out any of the extra stuff. But um, uh, I, I just want to say um, amen or ditto or whatever to everybody who's saying that this narrator did such a good job. And... Um, you know, in this instance, anyway, hearing the author made me like the book even more, maybe like him even more, because he was funny and kind of self, um, not really self-deprecating, but he's very able to laugh at himself, and he was kind of embarrassed but honest about his little bit of ego that, oh boy, he really does have fans, and they really did want him to read it. Um, anyway, I just... I don't always like the author as much as the book when I hear them, and I, I did him. He just sounded 
like a really great person besides a great writer. So. Yes, I agree. I know that's. I it made me like the book more too, because yeah, he was funny and and yet you know he was, he was kind of humble and you know. <laughs> I I really enjoyed. I mean, he's somebody that I could almost see being in the youth ministries and stuff and. So I, I like it when I hear an author, and I like the book more. That's great. Okay, well, unless anybody else has anything else to say, um, why don't we think about what book we want to read for next month? Does anybody have any ideas? I don't know. I I had suggested a few um, before. I I really enjoyed Blindsided, the one about um, you know the blind girl that was in the residential school. And um, that, um, well, I don't want to spoil it, but I had to come to terms with losing her sight and um, just how much she was going to be independent. And then, you know, she gets attacked and that really makes her make some decisions. Does she want to run back home or what does she want to do? I thought that was good. And I, I still like an age of miracles. But um, that said, um, I, I don't know if... Um, that, I, there are a lot of books that that you folks have suggested that sounded good too. So, okay. Well, what does what do people think about either Age of Miracles or Blindsided? Eh, for me, both of those I've I've read both of those books for different book clubs in the past year. But uh, that's just me. I mean, they are good books. But I've I just personally, for me, I've read both of those books already. Hey guys, I I, I got a suggestion to throw it out there since since it is Halloween. Uh, next month in October. I think it'd be kind of cool. I mean, just suggesting you're not saying we have to by any means. I think it'd be cool if we could read a Halloween book. This is Halloween. And uh, my suggestion is, uh, what if we read, what if we read uh, Dracula by Bram Stoker? I mean, that's the, uh, to me, that's one of the best vampire books of all time. Um, because back then, the vampires were real vampires. None of this wimpy stuff they are nowadays with these stupid teenage adult romance vampire junk. But my, my recommendation, or my suggestion, whatever you want to call it, would be uh, Dracula by uh, Bram Stoker. If we're going to do Halloween, I, I don't have any particular suggestions, but a compilation of ghost stories, <laughs> um, too, because that would please anybody. And I'm reading right now sort of an interesting book, but you might think it's too science fiction. It's just called The Twilight Zone, and it's 19 of... Um, of you know stories that were um, written by authors as a sort of a tribute to Rod Serling for the Twilight Zone, and some of those stories are pretty spooky. And then I think you had suggested Jenny, um, the Queen of Dreams. Uh, I don't know what that's about, but you had suggested that on our last call. I had it written down. Oh yeah, I, I read that one, Carla. I read the uh, Twilight Zone, nineteen original stories. Personally, I didn't. Personally, I didn't like the narrator at all. That's just me. That book was, that book was okay. There are some very interesting uh, short story collections on Bard. I have to admit, there are some neat ones on Bard. I read some one by Colleen Delaney that was pretty good. But anyway, yeah, that is. I haven't read that Twilight Zone book yet, um, but that's one of the ones I want to read. Um, and as far as the Queen of Dreams, I'd rather read that because I don't know if I'm going to be able to be here next month. So, um, because I have a convention to go to, so I'd rather probably do that in November, um, if possible. 
So um, if that's all right with everybody else, I'd like to hold off on that one. Um, but anyway, so now Joshua's putting out um, Dracula. So now we have three books to choose from, but I don't see anybody saying, oh my gosh, these are like sound really good. So do people need descriptions of them, or is it just that people aren't really into them? Or um, tell me what you think, guys. I think I've read the, uh, I think maybe Josh said Age of Miracles and Blindsided. It seems like we've read those in other groups and stuff. Uh, I'm not opposed to reading Dracula. How long is it? <laughs> that sounds kind of weenie-ish, I know, but hey, there it is. I have to, um, if, you, if you give me a second, Alan, I can, I can look it up if you give me a second. Uh, hang on. Personally, I'm not really into um, the stuff like Dracula. and I'll read it if that's what we decide to read, but that's just not something that I typically enjoy. I've been reading a lot of different kinds of books for me. They're more like, um, I guess, historical fiction, but they're in the they're in the 1900s. They take place in the 1900s or 2000, but they have historical um, twists and. I was thinking about one of them, but then we have the fiction old and new group, so I don't know. Has anybody considered any of the Elizabeth Straub books? Um, she was interviewed on the Diane Ream show, and um, she has some interesting ones like Abide With Me and um, some of these that talk about town life and um, and, and things like that, how um, townspeople are sort of intertwined and everything. And I wish I'd been more prepared. And actually, I did look on BARD, and I could have written down some book numbers and descriptions, but um, when... Um, it, they, those books sounded really good, and they sounded like if they, they were sort of our group's types of books. Um, and um, even if I don't have the information for them now, I, I could get them for future times. But has anybody read any of those books, and would they recommend them? And I'll tell you another one I read. It was a little racy, but again, it sort of sounds like some of the things we've been reading. I read, I just finished last summer, The Pride of Miss um, Jean uh, um, the Prime of Miss Jean Brody, and um, I guess what got me interested in that book is what well, took place in a school, but also the song that Oliver wrote, um, Jean, um, back in 1969, which is, he sang that song, I, didn't, I don't know if he wrote it, but that came from the movie, The Pride of Miss Jean Brody, and I've never seen the movie, and so I wanted to read the book, and it was a good book. Uh, Alan, Dracula is uh, 17 hours, 3 minutes, read by uh, John C. Reed. And uh, the cool thing about Dracula, the book is not weird. It's not as weird as people may think. It's not, I mean, it's, some parts are scary, but it's not anything too bad. And the, the neat thing about Dracula is how it's written. I really like the writing style. It's very interesting. It's, um, it's uh, like I said, 17 hours, 3 minutes. Um, classic supernatural and horror fiction. A Tale of Vampires in the late 19th century, everything. Um, so, uh, so that's what it is. But, um, Carla, you mentioned Abide With Me. I read the book. It was, it was all right. I mean, uh, it was a commercial recording. It was, 
It was okay, but I didn't really think it was anything. Just me, I didn't, I didn't care for it too much. I didn't really understand it, but uh, I have read uh, Abide With Me before. So, uh, well, I'll read Dracula. I'll read whatever the group decides. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty easy. But, uh, or, I, or I'll start anything that the group decides, and if I don't like it, I can always stop. So, uh, I, I'm, I'm open. I, I like that, Alan. I like the way you think. Me too. I'll, I'll read whatever we decide too. Just throwing out suggestions here. Well, the way I feel about historical fiction is there's a lot of it to go around. So, you know, if we happen to read one, I mean, <laughs> well, that's the way it goes. I mean, I know that, that I've read books that other book groups have read, and, you know, I mean, it's kind of hard to avoid it. So, you know, if you have anyone that's jumping out, you know, and you want to suggest it, hey, go for it. That's how I feel, too. But um, the one that we actually read it, for a local book club and I thought it was really good it was an easy read um, it was called The Chaperone and it was by Laura Moriarty and it's the story it's a fictionalized story about um, oh her name's escaping me at the moment but she was oh Louise Brooks she was a silent film star in the 20s and it's this it starts out in 1922 when she goes to New York for a summer to a dance school and Cora is her chaperone and it focuses mainly on Cora and there's Cora has a history there are things that nobody knows about and she has a reason for going to New York and it's and it goes up it follows her through the rest of her life and it's fiction but it it's based on a lot of um things that went on at back in the 1920s and it really pulls a lot of the history of the time into the story it, it's an easy read it's a good read so I'm just throwing that out there. I wanted to ask Carla to um, back up and describe Blindsided again because I am thinking there's more than one book with the same title because Alan and Josh referenced reading it in another group and I have two, but um, what Carla started to say about the story didn't sound like the same story. So, um, Carla, do you know, like, who wrote it, and can you tell us something about it again? Because if it's a different book, I'm interested in that, too. One is blind. One is blind-sighted, S-I-G-H-T-E-D, and one is blind-sighted, S-I-D-E-D. You're th- the one you're thinking of, Carla, was uh, the, uh, the one about the boy and the blind lady, Callie, who we did for a book club. Blind Sighted was by Priscilla Cummings. It's the book that Carla's talking about. We did that one for uh, Books and Beyond when Bonnie had Priscilla Cummings as, a, as an author and we, we read uh, the Blind Sighted book. Um, that, was, uh, that was interesting. I believe the uh, book about the boy and the blind lady was Blind Sighted and the one by Priscilla Cummings was Blind Sighted, S-I-D-E-D. That's where you're getting confused there because they sound so similar but the two completely different books.
Well, that's the reason I said blindsided, and it is Priscilla Cummings. I don't recall being told until the night that she was um, interviewed about what the book was, you know, or until the announcement came out. So we never really read and discussed it as a group. And um, the thing is, if we do that book and do a discussion of that book, that interview is probably archived, too. So we could go back, those of us that didn't listen, those of you that didn't, because I did listen to Books and Beyond, um, could also hear from the author, too. And that's why I suggested um, a book like that, because, uh, you know, and I... Um, I feel the same way about, um, I think it's called The Color of Purple. Now, I'll have to look for that, um, about the blind opera singer. Um, you know, that uh, that author was on, too. But nobody really, we didn't discuss the book per se as if we had read it. I mean, we heard from the author and asked the author questions. And the thing is, if we, we choose one of those books, we still have that resource, um, provided it's been archived in most of the are if you want to go back if you haven't heard it or want to refresh yourself on that but it was a very I thought it was a very good book a very well written book and a book that we can all identify with going to residential school and taking the bus and um, just the things that what happens when you're losing your sight and the things that the various issues that are very universal to us that we um, um, have to grapple with every day and while I have the mic I just want to say another thing. I suggested this to Bob, too, that maybe if thinking ahead in October, November, we ought to read um, Skipping Christmas by John Grisham. And then for the um, the movie, um, you know, the Friday night, the movies, watch the movie Christmas with the Cranks. So that would give us an opportunity with the book club to read the book and compare the movie. And that book is hilarious. I mean, it's hilarious, but it's one of these books that has a, a, a truth behind it, too. So it has a message. It's like comedy with a message, and I love things like that. Uh, Carla, you were thinking of uh, Do You Dream in Color by Laurie Rubens is the uh, book you were thinking of, Do You Dream in Color. That book was that book was okay. Opera is not really my thing. I'm more of a more of a Doc Watson kind of person. Hey, there's an idea, guys. There there is a uh, there's a Doc Watson biography on Bard called um, uh, called uh, Blind But Now I See that. Jack Fox reads. Uh, maybe, maybe, we'll have, maybe we'll have to read that sometime as a book club. Who knows? Okay, well, um, how about... That sounds like a good idea about the Christmas book. Um, you'll have to remind me, though. And um, as far as the other book, if people can kind of keep these in mind, um, and then we can, you know, discuss them in future months. Um, but I'm hearing, and since we're starting, we're getting very close to eight, we have three books out on the table, I think. Blindsided, um, Dracula, and The Chaperone. So why don't we take a quick vote for those three books? I'm afraid I missed The Chaperone. What's that? I, th- I, and I think we should add Doc Watson. Because <laughs> as soon as Josh said Doc Watson, I'll, I'll read that. But uh, can somebody remind us what The Chaperone is? It's a fictionalized story of um, Louise Brooks. She's the she was a silent film star in the 1920s, and the chaperone mainly focuses on Cora, who is 
her chaperone when she goes to New York. She's only 15, so she has to have somebody with her. And she goes to New York for a summer to audition to be in a dance school. And Cora, there's a reason that Cora goes to New York, that she really wants this job. And she goes and she, they both, but especially Cora, you see Cora kind of grow from it and it follows them both through the rest of their lives and it's good it's an easy read it's a it's a quick read um at least for me i and i was a little surprised because it wasn't a book that i would have read if we hadn't read it for a local book club that i'm in now um even even though even though i suggested dracula i just looked at the chaperone it sounds interesting and uh, Gabriella Cavallaro reads it. She's one of my favorite narrators. So uh, anyth- anything she reads, I'll read. Um, or narrates, I'll read. But um, I- I- I'm going to go with uh, The Chaperone, since, since I read Blindsided. Uh, I've read it two or three times before. So for me, I wouldn't read that one again. I'm, I'm going to go with The Chaperone, even though I suggested Dracula. She does a very good job narrating it, too, Josh. Oh, and it is on Bookshare. I downloaded it from Bookshare first before I found it on Bard. Uh, I hate to keep asking this question, but is a, you know how long is the book? Um, and I hate to have to keep thinking like that, but A, I'm in a couple of different book clubs, but B, I have to do a lot of coursework work book reading too, so I have to sort of um, budget my book reading time. It's, it's about, it's 11 hours, 56 minutes, only about 12 hours. It's, uh, it's not too long. And it goes fast too. It's, it's a very easy read. Okay, that sounds good to me too. Um, somebody can, you know, if we decide to do that, I'd, I'd read that book. I vote for the chaperone. It sounds great. Yeah, it does. Do we have a book number, Josh? Yep, I'll vote for that one too. I'll make it unanimous. That's fine. And hang on, it's called the chaperone. Let me see. I got it. It's uh, what is it here? DB seven five four. Oh, shoot. Oh, sorry, I, I can't hold down the control key and read at the same time. Alan will have to get it. Well, I've got one called The Chaperone by Laura Moriarty. Is that is that the right one? That's the one. Yeah, that is. Sorry, I guess I wasn't listening. Y'all have to y'all have to fuss at me. It's DB seven five two three five. DB seven five two three five. The Chaperone by Laura Moriarty. Reading time eleven hours. 56 minutes, read by Gabriella Cavallaro. Joshua will read anything that uh, she reads, so uh, I like her too. So that's it. Oh, so do I. I do. I like Gabriella Cavallaro, so I'm I'm probably going to be reading it too.